0: Well, friends, welcome back to the Live Revise podcast. I am your host, Christy Browning. And if we haven't had the chance to meet yet, let me just take a moment to tell you that I am so glad you're here. I'm glad that you found us. And I hope that you find some encouragement, some empowerment and some inspiration in today's episode. We're gonna be talking about creating space to breathe. I don't know about you, but so many times in life, I get a little ahead of myself. The schedule gets full, the calendar gets busy, and sometimes my emotions get all twisted up in the middle of hard days and long nights and stressful moments, and it just feels like sometimes life is suffocating. It's just robbing me of the chance to catch my breath, and today I'm going to share with you some concepts and some mindsets on how you can create space to breathe, to really catch your breath and recognize where you're at and what step you want to take next. So stay tuned. Well, you should know that I am not a domestic diva. If you've listened to this podcast or follow me on my social media channels, you probably have already come to that realization. Um, It's something that brings a lot of humor in our household, but uh, definitely I lack in some key areas when it comes to Domestic services, tasks, skills, uh, so much as I've caught my family's vacuum cleaner on fire. I've left pots on the stove and let all of the liquid boil out of them to the point where they almost catch on fire. Uh, And I was left with a lot of stinky laundry on one particular occasion when my dryer no longer worked. It was in the middle of winter. And in Indiana in the middle of winter, it's cold outside, so you can't hang up laundry outside. So after doing a load of laundry and getting them out of the wash machine and putting them into the dryer, my dryer went out and wasn't working. And so I had to come up with some sort of a solution to take care of all of this wet laundry. So I got creative and decided to hang up as much of it as I could and lay out as much as uh, that I could in my house. And so I had socks and dish towels and blue jeans and t-shirts and blouses hanging all over the house, trying to give them enough time to hang and dry. I thought I was being pretty smart by hanging up a whole bunch of t-shirts from the curtain rod in my shower. I mean, it looks just like the rod that hangs in my closet. (laughs) So I loaded that puppy up with all kinds of wet shirts and t-shirts and let them hang there to dry. It seemed like it was taking a little bit of time for them to dry. And when they finally started to uh, t- to dry and I was able to take them off the hanger, I noticed that they kind of had a musty smell to them. You know, that musty smell that wet laundry gets when it didn't dry fast enough and it sat wet for too long. Yeah, that was the smell. What had happened was that I had crammed the... Shower rod full of laundry, and there just wasn't enough space between the items for them to dry properly. There wasn't enough room for the air to circulate around them, so they kind of sat there and got musty over the couple of days that they were hanging there. It was kind of the that musty smell where you know you're gonna have to just rewash the whole stinking load. (laughs) It's just all there is to it, and so that's what I had to do. And I ended up having to load up all the laundry and take it to the laundromat and. Use a coin-operated dryer. But, you know, I think about that curtain rod jammed full of wet laundry and the fact that there wasn't enough space between each item for it to dry properly. And that brings me to the topic today. Because, friends, I believe that we we tend to cram our lives full of stuff, full of things, full of obligations, full of responsibility, of tasks, of commitments, and there's not enough space in between those items for us to catch our breath, for us to renew and revive ourselves, to rest and relax when we need it. We we tend to suffocate the good things in our lives when we tre- when we tend to pile in all this extra stuff. And just like that laundry uh, that's hung there on that curtain rod all crammed together, when it started getting musty, the same thing happens to, to us in our lives. When we don't have space and room to breathe to allow for things to circulate around us, things that are good and refreshing, we start to get stagnant. We start to get a little musty and funky because we haven't been able to connect or engage in an area or in areas that matter most to us. I really believe That this whole concept of space and rest, you may call it self-care, it's starting to become a, a popular topic because people are, I think, are starting to feel the effects of a life so cram-packed, full of stuff. And when we all got told to stay home, we got grounded by COVID, I think we started to recognize how nice and how wonderful it feels to slow down a little bit and create more space in our day. In fact, this episode I entitled Creating Space to Breathe because I know what it's like personally to have so much in my life that it suffocates me where it's not even about quality life. It's just I can't even live life. And I tend to be claustrophobic. If you were to lock me in a closet, I would panic. (laughs) It's just not where I want to be. Small spaces really freak me out, especially if I can't stretch and move. Uh, I don't like to be held in one space for too long. Even tight covers and blankets on the bed get me a little panicky. So imagine emotionally and mentally how that feels when we put too much in our schedules, when we have too much going on in our lives. Maybe you know that feeling, maybe thinking through that and putting yourselves in that emotional space causes a little bit of panic in you. Maybe you're feeling that right now. Maybe you're looking at the calendar or thinking of your to-do list and, and just completely overwhelmed with how you're going to get it all done. Maybe right now, because of the pandemic, in the adjustment to your schedule and to your travel plans and to maybe the activities your kids are involved in or the obligations at your church or within your community or with your friends and family. All of that may be lessened right now, but I bet if you thought about quote-unquote normal life, you can think of some times where you have felt overwhelmed, suffocated, controlled by the long list of things waiting for your attention The obligations, the calendar, the activities, the work, the dinners, the socials, the book clubs, the list can go on and on and on. And you know, the bad part about it is the majority of that stuff is all things that are well-meaning, that we may enjoy, that may be good for us, but mama used to say that even too much of a good thing ain't a good thing, and that is the case with our schedules. There's a, an author by the name of Thomas Kelly. He wrote a book called A Testament of Devotion. And he says this about our hectic, hurried lives. We have hints that there's a way to, to a life vastly richer and deeper than all this hurried existence. A life of unhurried serenity and peace and power. If only we could slip over into that center. I love that. I feel like that's what we're looking for, an unhurried serenity and peace and power. But sometimes we really struggle with how to flip the switch or move over to that side into that center where we can really have rest and relaxation. The problem is that we believe our value comes in all that we do instead of all that we are. A lot of times when we look at our schedules and they're packed full of stuff, we've said yes to too many things. We've overcommitted. We've we've overscheduled. Really, we take pride in being busy and we take pride in being able to manage a hectic schedule. If you sit with a group of people and ask them, how are you doing? What's going on? Chances are several of them are going to say, man, we're, we're real busy right now, but we're hanging in there. We're, you know, just ticking off the to-do list, doing the things, getting to the places. I've been guilty of saying that. I've been guilty of feeling like being busy is a badge of honor. And the more I do, the more value I must bring, the more worth I must have, the more significance I must be experiencing, the more impact I must be having. But that isn't always true. In fact, We're going to talk about today a couple of ways that we can minimize this feeling of suffocation and create space to breathe. And part of that's going to boil down to us being okay with this idea of simplicity and understanding that who we are is way more important than what we do. And our value isn't connected at all with all the things we do, but it is in the value of all the things that we are. The pace of our lives has a profound implication upon the depth of our lives. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about your own pace of life. So many times we can run so fast that it's like a cartoon character that runs so quickly across the surface of water that they don't even sink. You know, they just like run where their feet don't even go below the surface of the water and they're able to skate across a pond or a river. In reality, that doesn't really work, right? (laughs) We would sink. But when it comes to our emotional, mental, spiritual well-being, a lot of times even in our relationships, we're moving so fast that we don't even go below the surface. We don't even sink down deep. We We don't even get wet. And the pace of our lives means that they're shallow. There's not a lot of rooted relationships, values, dreams, intentions, and the pace of our life really showcases, really is a show and tell, a truth teller of the depth of our lives. And if I'm busy, man, I must be important. And you know, if you feel that way, if you think, man, that kind of describes me, there's no shame in that because the culture that we live in has taught us that the busier we are, the better we are. Just think about how modern technology, modern conveniences have all allowed us to cram more into our 24 hours. There's automated services now that take care of all of it and we, we chalk it up to convenience. You know, I don't have to drive now to the drive through and get food. I can place an order on my phone while I'm driving home from work. And by the time I get there, there'll be a little guy in a little hat with a little bag with my food. And I didn't have to sit and wait on it or order it in a long lengthy line or sit in a restaurant or, you know, cook it in my own kitchen or clean up after it hardly. All in the name of convenience. And while I appreciate an easy meal night, (laughs) believe you me, there is something to be said for that being the measuring stick for the way we do all of life and how that really shallows the water's. When it comes to who we are uh, and our values and our significance and our intention, which is truly what we were wanting. We were wanting more of all of that when we signed up for the convenience track. We wanted convenience to allow for us to have more time to relax, more time for the things we want to do, more time for family and fun and hobbies and dreams and taking care of our bodies and spending time in the things that we love the most. But in essence, we've we've had to put more in in order to keep the wheel turning. A couple of things that we're going to share today, some tips on how to start training your mind to think. Breath and margin, meaning space, meaning room to move and maneuver, meaning the chance to stop and catch your breath we're going to talk about slowing down your pace today, the simplicity of your focus, and really creating a healthy rhythm of work and rest. It's not all work. It's not all rest. There's a healthy rhythm between the two. And it's not about doing more and doing it faster, although that's what technology and convenience and apps and DoorDash <laughs> has allowed us to believe and buy into. It's about pushing out the excess so we can let what's important bubble to the surface, rise to the top. We have a garden growing out in our backyard that is rather large this year. I'm just waiting for the day that we can enjoy all of the garden fresh tomatoes and peppers, eggplants, already been able to enjoy some squash from the garden, but I love that we have a garden. Those vegetables that come out of the garden are so much better than what you buy in the store. They're, they're just wonderful. But you know, if we don't plan the plants correctly and they start overcrowding the bed, they'll die. And if they don't die, if they're able to survive and hang on, There's competition in the soil for each one of those plants to suck up what they need in order to produce a good crop, a good harvest off of a tomato plant or squash plant or pepper plant. And if it gets too out of hand, those tomatoes, while they may be on the vine for us to pick off, they won't taste nearly as good. As if we spaced them out, they got proper sun, proper water, proper nutrients, and they weren't competing for just the basic bare minimum that they needed in order to produce the tomatoes. And you know, for us, a lot of times we're living life that way. We're living life with just the bare minimum of the things we need to keep us fueled, to keep us charged, to keep us positive and passionate and purpose-filled for our lives. And if one thing sucks, another good thing out of us, we're going to just shrivel up. That's why we experience depression. That's why we feel disconnected from a purpose and something bigger than ourselves. That's why we see people go through midlife crisis. That's why we find people getting restless in relationships and they're being, um, you know, drama that's just drummed up for what seems like no reason, because we're just so unhappy, but we're not even able to articulate what it is we're looking for, or what we're unhappy about, or what's not working for us. And partially that is because we don't have space to breathe. We don't have space to breathe in order to keep ourselves going in a healthy manner. And then when we start to manifest signs of unhealthy living, and being overstretched, and overworked, and overwhelmed. We don't even have space in our day to recognize the warning signs that are saying, hey, pay attention, we're in dangerous territory. And then we stand in the middle of our chaos and we wanna know why, why are we feeling this way? And we don't even understand, we don't even see, we can't even identify it, because we're trying to do surgery On our emotions, on our relationships, on our finances, on these key areas of life while we're still running 100 miles an hour. I specifically and purposefully prune my schedule and I live in a simple calendar. Now, this has nothing to do with an actual calendar, the paper calendar I use, an app that you may use, nothing like that. It's more about the mindset of what I allow and don't allow in my schedule. I know for me that I have a max limit on the amount of stuff I can schedule in a week. And it's not the 24 hours a day times seven as far as how much I can schedule, I don't want to schedule every moment of my week, of my day. For me, I know that my limit is way before that. If I have two things going on in the evening during the week, I'm at my limit. I'm done. I need time at home. I need time that's downtime with my family, with my husband. If nothing else, just to be at home and do a load of laundry, praying that the dryer works and I don't have to hang up all those wet clothes. (laughs) I need time to read a book, read my Bible, do some journaling, listen to good podcasts, go to the gym, drink water, eat good food. Like I need those things. I'm guessing you probably need some of those too. But when we schedule everything and the week is full to the max, there's no more room to add anything else. And we aren't living simple. But I will tell you that because the rest of the world and normal global culture will tell you to keep going and fill it up and do all the things and be at all the places and say yes and do all the things, it is not going to happen by accident. Your schedule and pruning that back and simplifying that to where you know what your max limit is, all that's not going to happen. By accident. And people aren't going to respect that. They're not going to call you up and say, Hey, will you join me for this other thing this week? And then when you say, Oh, I already have two things, they're not going to respond with, Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You have two things. We'll catch you next time. No, because they don't understand that because our world doesn't tell us to live with limits. Our world tells us that we can live in excess and there is no limit. But that all comes at a cost. And so you have to be diligent in, first of all, recognizing what does a simplified way of living look like for you? It will be different for you than it will be for me. Based on your life, based on the people you share life with, the season and stage of life that you're in, your schedule will look different. Your needs will be different. But when you can sit down and say, I recognize this is what simplified living is for me, then you can act on that. And you you can become very guarded with your time. You can become very stingy with your time and say, nope, I'm not giving any more to this or to that or to these people or to this activity. And you can start to create a little bit of boundaries for yourself. Now, that's not to say that in certain situations you go outside of that if there's just a real need for it. But we're talking about rules, not exceptions here. And so for the most part, My limit is what I operate by. I try not to do more than two things in the evening during the week. That's kind of my max. I know when I schedule uh, my calendar, I need a couple of days where I'm at home working and not having to see people. So I have days that I don't leave the house to go see appointments and run all over to meet with people. I have a day that I'm home and I can work on the computer and quiet doing all that kind of stuff, recording these podcasts, for instance. Now that's what works for me. That may not be feasible for you, but you may decide, hey, I can't be gone on all day Saturday and all day Sunday. One of those days are going to have to be like down days or family days or days of rest. You have to make the decision, but you need to recognize what works for you and what a simplified calendar may look like for you. And then begin to draw some boundaries around that. It can adjust. You can learn more about what you need and draw a line here or erase one and put it out a little farther. But you got to start somewhere. And this first starting point is realizing that you don't want to continue in this overworked, overwhelmed, overscheduled life. That you're ready for some space to breathe and some margin to be able to catch your breath To relax, to recharge, and savor, really savor a deep, rich life. So, I want you to begin practicing in such a way that you build space to breathe, that you create it. It's really something you have to create, it doesn't happen by accident, it has to be crafted. And that begins. By doing just some small things, in addition to recognizing what you need and knowing what your limits are and trying to put some boundaries on that, it also means being really practical and using some common sense. Like Instead of scheduling everything on the calendar, why not give yourself a buffer between some of those things? Like schedule yourself to leave five minutes earlier than what you normally would so that A, you're going to be on time. B, if there's, you know, a traffic stop or construction or traffic in general, or you need to get gas, uh, you have a little bit of wiggle room. Nothing gets me more stressed out than when I realize I'm going to be late for something because one of those things happens. You know, there's a detour, there's backup of traffic on the interstate, I got to get gas, you know, all those kinds of things. When I run behind schedule, it really, really panics me. And so I've learned to just sort of build in. Extra time. And what that means is the majority of the time I'm going to arrive wherever I'm going a couple of minutes early. But how great to have a couple of minutes to just sit in the car for a second, catch my breath. I may have the chance to return a phone call so that I can make use of that time. I may just choose to sit there and quiet just to kind of let myself think and breathe and kind of like have some down moments, right? Uh, I also use that time to maybe play some podcast in the background, just to hear something positive. I am always carrying a book with me, so I may just reach over and read a couple paragraphs out of the book I have on hand. Regardless, that time is a little bit of a downtime, and it's going to be well spent. And even if nothing else, I get there on time with less stress, (laughs) because I accounted for the fact that I may need a couple extra minutes. When we all kind of moved to digital calendars, one of the things um, I did was I moved to an automatic calendar that people can access at any time to schedule time with me. And I began building in time before a meeting, time after a meeting for Really, I scheduled it so that I would have a chance to look at my email between meetings because if I didn't, what would happen is I would have back to back to back to back meetings and I wouldn't even have time to get up and go to the bathroom, let alone check my email and catch a text message from my husband or do something else that may need to be done. And so when I started scheduling uh, some time, about a half an hour between each of those meetings, it allowed me to pull away from the desk. Put the phone down if I was on a conference call or get up and stretch, maybe take a walk around the office or around the house. Um, For Pete's sake, get something to eat and go to the bathroom, you know? And it was amazing what that little, very practical solution did. And you can do the same thing, just write it in your calendar or put it in your calendar on your phone. But scheduling a little extra time, not cutting it so close to the wire, but hurriedness, in that quick pace of life, it really creeps up on us. You know, we add another thing to our schedule. We say yes to another activity, maybe something someone asks us to volunteer for. We agree to do something for our kids, volunteer for something at the school, maybe something's going on in our neighborhood. And before you know it, you know, all this stuff is is on there. And I've often said yes to things I don't really have time for because. I kind of rationalize that, oh, it's just, you know, this one time I'm going to do this or it's just this one time I got to fit this in or, you know, it's just once a month. I can figure it out. But, you know, before you know it, time gets taken from you real fast. When I teach on time management, one of the activities I'll do with a live audience is I'll bring a volunteer up and I'll hand them $24 and I hand them 24 $1 bills And I tell them that for every hour of the day is a dollar, and they have to buy the time that they are going to spend for the day. So, right off the bat, if they're gonna go to work for eight hours, they have to give me $8. If they go to sleep and sleep on average for eight hours, they have to give me another $8. And right off the bat, 16 of those $24 is gone. And when you're left only holding $8 in your hand, That makes you all of a sudden be like, I don't think I want to hand any more dollars over to Christy. I think I want to be a little more selective on where I want these dollars to go. But normally we don't think about our time that way. We don't think about our calendars that way. We just keep going and we are really living on borrowed time. Think about that old saying and really what that means. We live in a culture focused on going and doing and being busy. The to eliminate hurry would make us feel unproductive. That couple of minutes of sitting in the car and doing nothing but just sitting there. I mean, if you're really driven by activity, you can feel guilty that you just sat there in the car for five minutes and just watched everything pass you by <laughs> to take in nature or see the sun or enjoy the breeze or whatever the case may be. But like, if we're not being productive, it's really tempting to feel like, oh, that's bad. I feel guilty for that. A lot of people say they want to live a simplified life. We feel the pressure of the hurry. We feel the pressure of the overextension and not having space to breathe and relax and catch our breaths. The hard part is really making the change. It's harder to implement something new, to draw those boundary lines and to make them stick. It's way more than just saying, hey, I want to do something different. It's, It's hard work to make it happen. But the good news though, is that you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to start, you know, cutting out all your friends and quitting all your volunteer opportunities. You can just start with where you're at. It is a process. You will learn more as you do it. And you'll start to recognize more for you what's right as you start to move down this path. So just take it one step at a time. You only have to start with looking at your schedule Right now, and saying, Hey, what do I got going on? What is something I could remove from the schedule? What is something I could say no to that's not going to leave somebody in the lurch or leave somebody hanging when I promise to take care of this or that? Uh, What's the one thing? And just start looking at those items and and maybe reevaluating how important that is to you. Maybe the process is simply just you being mindful that your time comes at a cost. Maybe it's also stepping back and recognizing how you're feeling about being so busy and having to run so hard and having to do so much. Let me give you a little exercise that I think is really powerful in this. When you have those couple of minutes or when you're feeling really stressed out, either way, I want you to sit still wherever you happen to be, in the car, on your couch, sitting out on your patio sitting in the bleachers, watching your kids play a sport. And I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose and then blow it out slowly through your mouth all the way until your lungs are completely empty. So breathe real deep and then push all the air out and do it a couple of times. One, that immediately makes your body feel good. Your blood gets oxygen to it. Your brain's like, yes, thank you. Uh, Your lungs are like, oh, that feels good. You know, taking all that air. So do it a couple of times. Relax your mind. Relax your body. You're still sitting up though. We're not taking a nap here. And breathe in deeply. Breathe out deeply. Enough so where your stomach moves. You know, if we just breathe in our chest, we're not really engaging all of our lungs. So breathe where your stomach gets pushed out And then push all the air so that your stomach muscles uh, are almost pushing on your spine. It feels like they're pushing on your back. They've pushed all that air out. And I want you to try to empty your mind. Not entirely because if you're like me, I can never make the mind completely stop. But I just want you to empty enough of the space in your brain, in your mind, in your heart to have awareness of you and of the moment of how it feels to pull all of the oxygen in your lungs and let all that oxygen out, to feel your body as it breathes in life and as it allows yourself to relax. And what I want as you are breathing in and breathing out is I want you to inhale peace, calm, serenity, and I want you to breathe out hectic, hurried, overwhelm, stress. Those are the things we want to get rid of. And we're going to breathe in all the things we want. Allow yourself to really sit there in that moment. Don't try to run through your grocery list or think about all the things you need to do. Just be present in the moment. For me, sometimes it helps to, as I'm doing this, to just say a little prayer or to kind of repeat a word in my mind. Maybe it's breathe, 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 breathe. Maybe it's, I'm going to rest, 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 rest. Maybe it's repeating a favorite Bible verse or a mantra or a quote or a word that just means something to you, that means calmness, centeredness. At this point, you know, you're not asking for anything. You're not wishing for anything. You're not thinking about a goal or chasing anything. I just want you to breathe and try to bring yourself to the present and try to calm yourself down. That is a great exercise for when you're going to bed at night. If the mind is racing, it helps kind of like bring things a little more dialed down. If you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious at work, if you're feeling stressed out in the carpool lane, all of that can really heighten that sense of hurry. And it can make us feel like we aren't in control. But taking a couple deep breaths can bring us back to that sense of control. And it can make us sort of like, okay, I can face the next thing. Let's go. Let's move on. When you first do something like that, like a breathing exercise, or maybe even listening to calming music, or uh, meditating if you're kind of into that, or praying if you are a pray person, um, you may not find a life-changing experience the first time you do it. It is a practice, meaning it's something we do over and over, and we get better and better, and it will mean more and more as you do it. So, Why are we doing this? Why are we shooting for the slowing down of our pace and the simplicity? Remember, I said there was a rhythm to work and rest. And so far, we've talked a lot about resting, how to minimize things in our schedule, how to bring some breath into our life, how to create some space, literal space in our life to where we have a couple extra minutes here and there and we're not so uh, planned down to the wire. Well, the other part of this This whole equation is so that when it comes to work, and work can be whatever, your day job, a side hustle, work at your home, just being a mom and a homemaker, it can be uh, whatever quote unquote work is for you. That becomes something richer when you have space, when you have more of a simplified present way of living, because all of a sudden in that more simplified way of living, the work that you do has a little more meaning and it has a little more meaning because you're able to focus on what's most important. You focus on the things that mean the most to you. See, the opposite of simplicity is not complexity. We would automatically think that that would be the opposite of things, but the the opposite of simplicity is duplicity meaning being divided, you, how many of you, I know you, you have tried to multitask. You have tried to do a lot of things all at once. And what happens? Nothing gets done really all that well. If you get too much going at one time, one thing, two things, three things, it starts to suffer. The, the ability to provide a quality product or do a quality task, it tends to diminish the more you try to do all at one time. I remember my mom used to get on the telephone and talk to her mom or her friend while she would be making dinner. And sure enough, dinner would get burnt. (laughs) And that's not to knock my mom's culinary skills. It's just because she was busy, you know, probably getting on us kids for being crazy and trying to monitor dinner and not trip over the dog while she's talking on the phone. And of course, that was back in the day when the phone was still tied to the wall and you just didn't walk around with a little Bluetooth speaker thing in your ear. So there was a lot going on in that scene. So no wonder something suffered. Or maybe you've been uh, trying to chase down a lot of things at once and you forget the thing you walked into the room for. Or you are talking on the phone or juggling the kids or trying to remember what needs to be taken care of and you go to the store and forget three of the things you were supposed to get. I mean, our minds can only just do so many things at one time. And actual scientific evidence has proven that multitasking is not effective. So duplicity means to divide. And when we divide the mind, when we split up our focus, nothing is in focus. We don't have a singular focus, but we have multiple focuses, which creates a feeling of being pulled in a lot of different directions. It's that um, hectic, hairy, hurried mindset that even if all the things that are going on, we have control over, it's just because our mind is split multiple times across multiple things that allows that panicked, sort of anxious, sort of overwhelmed feeling. And it, leads us to to believe, leads our bodies to respond as if we are being pulled in a hundred different directions. So what would it mean to minimize the multitask? What would it mean to have a simplified focus? Meaning when your work and rhythm and work and rest rhythm are in harmony, you've created time in your schedule for rest. You have time in your schedule for work. And when you're working, you're working. And when you're resting, you're resting. And I don't mean resting by sleep. I mean, resting by like relaxing, catching your breath, having some space in your day. And when you're working, you're focused on the thing, the task, the the job before you, instead of also trying to be in a hundred different places at once. Now, you can only take the next step if you're willing to just try it on and to know that it's not perfection that we're going for here. It's progress. It's not perfection that we're looking for in our calendars or or in the choices we make. We're going to have to give ourselves some grace to figure this out. But at least moving towards that is an improvement. You've got to think about what you want most. What is most important to you and what are you willing to trade for that? Moving towards a goal like a simplified life, slowing down your pace, creating healthy rhythms and routines in your life, it takes time. You don't have to figure it all out right now and it doesn't have to be perfect right now in order for you to start to have some benefits of this kind of way of living. But you do have to determine that this is what I want, that I don't want to live in a hectic, hurried life. I don't want every moment of my day to be so scheduled and regimented and so planned and packed that I can't allow for things that are important. One of the things I feel like this really allows us to do is to take notice of people in our lives. You know, I feel like all of us are looking for ways that we can impact the world. We're all going to do that in differently. We're all going to show up and make a difference in someone's lives in a different way. Um, you bring your skills and your talents and your gifts to the table and I bring mine and they're not always the same. And so we're able to Uh, be able to impact people differently, which is good. We need that. We need us to operate in our strengths and our gifts because someone will resonate with that differently than they will with me. And they need to see you so that they can get whatever it is they need from you, that encouragement, that love, that support, whatever that might be. And so what happens, though, in our quest for wanting to make a difference, to be significant, to have value, to have worth... We go when we cram our schedules full. Remember the concept of uh, we are valued and more important the more busy we are, the more we pack our schedules in. Our value comes in all that we do instead of all that we are. So in that quest to have significance and have value, we go and do all the things. We pack the schedule full. And what it does is it keeps us from noticing the people that might need us most or the opportunities that we could really step into and shine in because we are so hurried and our pace is so quick that we walk right past the opportunity to serve or to show up or to give or to invest. The very thing, if we did that, that would be the thing that would give us significance, that would build our value, that would fill us up. Yet we're looking for that to come from a long list of to-dos, a long uh, line of commitments on our calendar. And again, not that that's a bad thing, but the extreme living like that, when it quenches that, that breath, when we're not able to have that and have that space, it is the thing that will keep us from seeing the opportunities and the chances to show up in our day. When we are so hurried that we are pushing ourselves to the max, and we're just running in and out of our appointments, our commitments, our to-dos, we will literally walk past the person that could really benefit from a smile, from someone just to ask if they're okay, taking time to listen to a friend who is really hurting or needs to talk or even being there for our kids. Um, sometimes, you know, as adults, we get so focused on what we've got to get done that we don't create space for the younger minds and hearts around us to feel like, hey, there's room here for me to share how I'm feeling or ask questions or or have important conversations. I know I feel that way sometimes when I'm trying to have conversations with my spouse. You know, if I know Matt is in a hurry and really focused on getting something done, or or in the middle of doing something super important, I'm not going to interrupt that in order to have this huge heart-to-heart conversation. I'm going to wait until I know there's time for us to have it. And while that's good, that's fine. But if that time never comes, then we start to create a lot of deterioration in our relationships. And we can also then see that happen and show up in the places where we could serve, where we could be uh, you know, significant and have impact and do more with who we are and what we were created to do. So I'm going to challenge you to look and see where are the spaces in life that you can create if you don't have them already, or if you have some of them, you become pretty stringent with it you set some boundaries that are you know hard to to adjust that you aren't maybe so willing to negotiate or be so easy to give up because you want to protect the time that allows for your heart to rest to have that awareness to be present to sort of slow down to take in the day to take in the things around you and to really savor the life that space to breathe will, will not only bring so much value to you and your way of living, but it will allow for you to then give that back to someone else. And for you to be an example, if nothing else, to another woman, another mom, another go-getter, another business owner who can look at that and say, I I need to have a life like that. I need to have margin. I need to have space to breathe because right now I'm suffocating and i I, and there's no room for me to catch my breath. And I'm just trying to hang on. Folks, we are all pushed to go for more, to go big or go home. And, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about pushing for goals and living lives of purpose and running for the thing. But whatever the thing is for you, we never want that to come at a cost We never want that to cost us relationships that are important, that we value, that are dear to us. We never want that to come at a cost where we step over a hurting person just to go forward on the goal that we've got set before us. That's not what life's about. What we really want is to create the opportunity to see, to really see in present moments how our goals, how our purpose, how our passion lines up with the lives that we encounter throughout our day and the hearts that we could impact for good. And sometimes it means passing our oxygen on to someone else who needs it because they're short of breath. But We can only do that when we have oxygen to give. And so how are you going to create, craft, carve out, and protect the space for you to breathe in your life? been such a great conversation today. I hope for you, it's been encouraging. I hope that you feel the sense of urgency to create the space to breathe, to find the time in your schedule, to make it happen and to make it a priority, not just today, but every day, every week, every month, every season. Because again, if we aren't diligent and pruning that calendar and keeping that open for what we need most, it's going to just fill up with stuff. It's just gonna fill up with stuff. You and I both know that to be true. If you found this encouraging, I'm pretty sure you know someone else in your life who needs to hear it too. A friend, a coworker, a sibling, a spouse, neighbor, friend, somebody, you know somebody who is equally as busy as you running this race, filling up the schedule and just needs permission and a little bit of skill. On how to take space to breathe so share this episode with them take a screenshot of you listening to this episode you can easily share it on your social media platforms or tell your friends to check out the live revised podcast on all of their favorite podcast platforms we're everywhere so tell someone about it today so they can learn some of these skills get some of this encouragement and be empowered to live a different life that's what we're all about here at the live revised podcast. So for today, I'm going to say goodbye, but I want to leave you with a gift. If you have not already received our free ebook on time management, this episode is the perfect trigger for you to go get it. In this particular ebook, we talk about some real practical ways to get a hold of your calendar and create a mindset about time management that may be a little different for you, maybe a little bit revolutionary. So if you haven't already checked it out, you can find it at christybrowning.com time. Super simple. Or you can check the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast to find the link there. I hope you get it. I hope it's helpful for you. And more importantly, I hope that you have a chance to catch your breath.